This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. I come to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, kapusta, bumpy, padoti, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. Hey guys, this is Jake Kuba Kutzerowski, the part of the tag team, one half of that tag team known as Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Just wanted to thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, great SB Nation site dedicated to all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Once again, check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. Also on Twitter at B5Q. Dozabachenya, my friends. Hey guys, this is Jake Kuba Kutzerowski, the part of the tag team, one half of that tag team known as the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Just wanted to thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, great SB Nation site dedicated to all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Once again, check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, also on Twitter at B5Q. Dozabachenya, my friends. Hey guys, welcome to the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Badgers news and notes and discussion, of course. I'm Jake Kokorowski. we got the Polish rifle Scott Wisniewski on the line over in the Milwaukee area. For those of you that are listening now, you guys just probably saw the Wisconsin Badgers defeat the Purdue Boilermakers 62-55 at the Kohl Center. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, 21 points, just four shy of a 1,000 in his career. Sam Decker going over the 1,000-point the, uh, mark as well in his career. 
So, uh, so we'll get into that a little bit, talk about the Badgers number four in the nation right now. And as you can tell, I got my my boys uh, as well uh, over here, letting them know what their thoughts over the game uh, uh, was. But, uh, but yeah, no, we had a great show. Of course, we're going to talk Badgers uh, with the Outback Bowl. We'll get back to that in a little bit, uh, the reaction to that, some of the reports for the hires. I know a lot of people have sounded off on Bucky's Fifth Quarter's Twitter page as well as our, our website, uh, letting know their their thoughts on the possibility, possible hires based on the reports by Jeff Petrigas and Andy Baggett, um, and Greg uh-huh. Matzik for that matter. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, you know, you know we'll get into some Badger basketball as well, but uh, let's talk. First off, Scotty, how's your week going? I know it's uh, obviously for those that are in Wisconsin, it's been blistering cold. Uh, and uh, it's, it's especially today, schools closed pretty much around the state. That's been very, very chilly. Yeah, it's it's definitely cold. We are we're fortunate that we were able to complete our move, however, on Friday before the snow, a day before the snow and two days before the bitter, bitter cold. We've moved into our new place. And for better or for worse, we're now residents of West Dallas. It's a nice place for West Dallas, so everybody calm down. But it's, uh, we are now West Dallas residents. Um, and obviously we're going to talk Packers first. And is that your son or is that Abdamagon Sue? Crying after a loss. <laughs> you have him over for dinner. What's what's happening? Yeah. No. I, I mean. I mean. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. On that note. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, that is. Uh, uh, that is Logan. That is. Uh, or I tried. We tried Melvin and Gordon, but uh, the wife did not approve of that. But yeah, let's uh, start off, Scotty. Talk about the Packers, Dallas. They're trying to stay in the Ice Bowl too. But even before we get into the game, let's talk real quick about the Lions. Uh, you know, in, in, in that call, is, are they justified? I mean, obviously this is one play of the game. It was the last play of the game. But overall, your thoughts on on Wild Card Weekend? Well, you know, yes, they're justified, and no, they're not. I mean, it's like I've said for years as, as somebody who coached uh, competitive sports before. You know, referees don't lose you games. Now that was a bad call, and it was, and the NFL so much as, as said so. Uh, was there a fifth in for the Cowboys? No, 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 no. But it was a bad call, and it was a pivotal call. But there were still plenty of things that uh, could have been done better by the Lions that could have helped them win that game. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, for as good as he looked in the first quarter, was back to being inconsistent Matthew Stafford in the second half. And, yeah, you got to give credit to the Cowboys, whose defense is, is head and shoulders better than it was last year. And, you know, now they have a healthy DeMarco Murray, so their running game with that uh, stud-filled offensive line has been has been quality. And Dallas weathered the storm being down early, and they won the game. So you got to give them credit first. Yeah, the referees made a bad call, but the, the, the Lions allowed them back in the game. And the key, to me, the key to that game was the touchdown they gave up, the long touchdown at the end of the first half. If they go into the half uh, with a two-score lead, they win that game, I think. They allowed that momentum to change on that play, and it carried over into the second half where the offense pretty much did nothing, and they lost the game. So you could point to that all you want, but to me the play of the game was the touchdown at the end of the first half by the Cowboys that got some of the momentum back, cut the lead to a one-score lead, um, and I, I think from there they were able to build off of that and come back and beat the Lions. Yeah, and you know, you're not you know, obviously you have the fact that with this team and 
them going into the weekend. I mean, the teams are pretty evenly matched between the Packers and the Cowboys. It should be a great matchup. Obviously, everyone's talking about the weather trying to make it to be ice bowl too, but really, but really, it's, it's not. You know, it's uh, <laughs> Dallas is trying to make it more than it is. But you know, you take a look at the offenses uh, right now. You know, with or, so offenses you have, you know, Green Bay being right now in the league. Both Dallas and Green Bay are, are very similar. They're actually six and seven in in the uh, in the league. Green Bay is six. They're averaging about 386 yards a game. Dallas just a shade under 384 and, and, and seventh in the league. Uh, and both teams averaging right around 30 points a game. Uh, Packers around 30 and a half. Uh, and you have uh, you know with that high octane offense, when you have the combination of Rodgers and, and the receivers and Eddie Lacy and Dallas, you said to Marco Murray that this you know studs of the offensive line for the back. Badgers uh, with Travis, you know, for the Cowboys with Travis Frederick, the former Badger, uh, they've done wonders. Uh, but yeah, and in defense too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to really see what's what's going to happen, this guy, with this because you have with Green Bay, they're 15th in the league right now, which is a lot better than what they were at the beginning of the year. I mean, obviously the, the transition to Clay with Clay Matthews going more of an inside look has really helped out. Uh, but you know, they're 15th in the league in, in total yards given up, but then Dallas is 9. So, I mean, you can expect, I think you can expect a, a you know, not a, I'm not going to say a shootout, but it's going to be more of a high-scoring affair, in my opinion. Uh, and, and you have to watch up with Dallas with, with you know, Jason Witten, arguably uh, the best tight end in, in you know, Cowboys history. Uh, next, I think, to Jay Novacek, uh, back from my childhood. It should be really a, a fun matchup to, you know, and it's going to be, you know, 12 noon on Sunday on Fox. It should be a fun time. Yeah, absolutely it should be. Um, the thing is, is this, though. I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it, it is simply this. Packers win this game if Aaron Rodgers is 90% or better, you know, health-wise. Um, if he's not, I think the Cowboys can win this game. The weather will affect the Cowboys a little bit more, more so maybe Des Bryant. I don't think it's going to affect the running game. Those linemen, a lot of them are from northern states. They've played in this before, whatever. Um but if Rodgers isn't uh, 90% or better, just that, that little bit of a, a, a downtick from, from the normal Aaron Rodgers, then the Packers have to worry a little bit. Uh, Rodgers isn't going to practice, uh, didn't practice today. Doubtful that he'll practice tomorrow. Uh, the only other practice scheduled for this week is Saturday. So he may not get on the field to practice until, you know, before the game. Um so all the stuff you said is, is great, and it's, it, it's correct, and it's great analysis. And here I am just torpedoing it with a simple fact. It's all up to Aaron Rodgers uh, being Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, the offense for the Cowboys is, is dynamic. You know, DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, you mentioned Witten, obviously. Um, you know, even their ancillary receivers like and uh, 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 his name escapes me now. The the long haired white dude, but um, they make plays too, and they can get open, and they got speed. So, um, it, it, there should be a lot of points scored in this game, despite both defenses being better than they've been in the past. I still think this is a game that you know you could see 60, 63, 64 points scored, um, but it is going to come down to the health. And uh, who's healthier, and and uh, we'll see, and, and and we'll be able to go from there. Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. I mean, Rogers' health. I mean, it's it's what's paramount. It's just the the calf of Aaron Rodgers. Will it hold up? And obviously, having that bye week obviously helped out a lot, a great deal for his 
uh, you know, for, for the health and improving it. Obviously, it's not going to be 100%, I don't think, for, uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a, a lot of, I, gosh, I mean, just think about, uh, I mean, if you, if Flynn has to go in or something like that. I mean, it, it begs the question, too, if they're going to keep, like you saw against the Lions, um, are they going to have three quarterbacks active? And with that, you know, it, it that takes off a, a position player for special teams, takes off a, you know, contributing member possibly uh, in case some, some, some other injuries arise. But, yeah, it's going to be a huge point there. But, yeah, I mean, but you have to, I don't know, I, I, I the big key for the Packers, I think, is definitely going to be stopping, at least on the defensive end, stopping that run run game of, of the Dallas Cowboys. They're second in the league, only about 147 yards a game, just a shade under 150. Uh, and, you know, you'll see what happens. You know, you have, uh, if they can get that passing game open, and arguably you got Des Bryant and uh, and Terrence Williams that are, you've seen some of the productivity, uh, especially last week. I don't know. Uh, I mean, is there, I mean, in your opinion, besides the health, in your opinion, what's what are the what are the other keys uh, besides Rogers' health to get this game to keep the Packers in it to, to have them advance to? I mean, obviously we're thinking Seattle will will beat Carolina, but uh, for them to advance the NFC Championship game. Well, you know, there's a couple there's a couple of variables. Uh, uh, hang on one second here, Jake. I gotta just uh, give me like ten seconds here. Hang on. Not a problem. Yeah. So no, uh, you know, and we'll get back to Scotty in just a second. But with this, you know, I mean, obviously they have to stop the run game, and the big thing is, just, and also occupy Jason Wooden. Uh, and and you, you probably see guys like Mark, you know, uh, like Hyde. You're gonna see guys like uh, Haha Clinton Dix. You're gonna see possibly Clay Matthews, Barrington on Jason Witten. I think that's gonna be a huge key if they can contain. Him in the passing game, obviously Witten's not as uh, young as he used to be, but he's still very productive, especially with uh, the way Tony Romo's used him. Uh, and, Scotty, you back, brother? Oh, yeah, I'm back. Um, well, like I said, other keys, obvious, and the obvious one, like I said, stopping, getting an early lead would help. You know, make the, the, make the, the Cowboys have to be one-dimensional. The Packers have done a good job jumping on teams early at home and building some leads with the exception of the Jets game where they had to come back from a big deficit, they've gotten up early on teams. If they can get up uh, like Detroit did, I think it might be a little – I think the Packers will protect that lead a little bit better than Detroit did. Uh, force them to have to throw. And then, obviously, you're going to have to do a good job with Dez. And the way you're going to be able to contain Dez Bryant and, and Witten is going to be to put pressure on Tony Roman. You're going to have to get to him a couple times. Um, it, you know, so I mean, those are the and and win the turnover battle. I mean, it sounds cliche and simplistic, but that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Oh, I mean, uh, should we wait on the uh, predictions for the game this weekend? Or you know, should we get to the other games real quick? Take a look at the other games. Oh, yeah, we can we can go into the other games. That's fine. You know, I mean, obviously we talked about it a little earlier. Seahawks, Carolina, uh, played on Saturday. Thoughts on that game? Obviously, it's. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a layup or you know or, or or a bunny. How are they saying basketball about a layup in uh, for Seattle? But I mean, do you, do you think realistically Carolina has a shot against that defense? I, I don't. I don't know if Carolina has a shot. I thought Detroit had a shot if they would have gotten there. I, I told you that last week. The matchup. It was a, a good matchup. Uh, 
sort of thing. So I, I don't think Carolina can win the game. And, and I don't know how much stuff like this matters either, but, you know, there was a fire in Ron Rivera's house. I don't know if that's going to be a distraction or not. Thankfully, his family's safe and sound. But Seattle's a tough place to play. Cam Newton's been erratic this year. The defense is okay, but it's not as good for Carolina as it was last year. Um, Seattle already beat Carolina in Carolina earlier um, when Seattle wasn't playing well, and they were still able to find a way to win that game. So, I, you know, I don't. Nothing's impossible, but it, it's probably the surest. To me, it's the surest bet of them all this week. I think if I were betting, is that I would take Seattle. Yeah, no, that's true. And, I mean, the fact that, I mean, obviously they're at home, too. Seattle hasn't been that great of a team on the road. But, you know, it's been always been said, like, if the road goes in the NFC playoffs through Seattle, that it's a huge advantage. And I think with the 12th man out there, you're you're looking at it. Uh, but then, of course, earlier in, the, you have earlier in that afternoon, you're going to have Baltimore, New England, obviously, two – Former, I guess you're gonna have. It's a case of former, four, former Badgers. You got Owen Daniels and Rick Wagner on Baltimore. You got James White, and you have Jonathan Casillas on for the Patriots. And it should be, um, I mean, yeah, that'll be a fun matchup, obviously. And Baltimore did its part this past week uh, in beating Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, uh, but you have the Patriots at home, uh, and then you have Indianapolis, Denver. Uh, on Sunday for the Sunday late afternoon game, I mean, two. I mean, I think the AFC. It, it, I, I think the NFC has more predictable games, but you know, I, you know, Denver's looked a little bit. You know, their their shield's been cracked a little bit lately. I mean, you know, but I, I think it's more competitive in the AFC. Yeah, I don't know that the Packer game's a slam dunk. I think the Seattle game's clearly uh, a prohibited favorite for Seattle. But you know, you here's the thing. Baltimore has shown a couple of things, and it's they seem to be the chic upset pick of the week. Everybody's saying how they people think they have a chance of beating New England, and they do. Uh, you know, people give Bill Belichick a lot of credit, and they say he's the best coach of football. And it's hard to argue that. It, it is hard to argue that. I will tell you this, though. I, I think you've got to make a case for Harbaugh, uh, for John Harbaugh. His teams are always ready, no matter how their regular season goes, and they've had some interesting regular season uh Last a couple of regular seasons where maybe they just get into the playoffs or they get hot late or whatever the case may be, and then they get in the playoffs and they find ways to win games. And Joe Flacco finds ways to win games. I think John Harbaugh is starting to make his way into the the elite when you talk about coaches, like a top five and that sort of thing. So as far as I'm concerned, um, there's a chance for them. I still think the Patriots have the edge at home, uh, I, but. You know, Baltimore's defense isn't as great as it used to be, but it's played better recently. They're able to dispatch a Pittsburgh, you know, without uh, obviously Le'Veon Bell. Um, but I still, I, I'm still going to go with the home team. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Baltimore. Yeah, I can agree with that. Definitely. I just, yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's hard to always discredit the. You have Belichick and Brady. It's hard to just say to them, to say that, hey, you know, you just discount them. I mean, I I don't know. It's just, they've been unstoppable for, you know, over, over a decade now. We'll see. But, you know, I don't know. I think Baltimore has a real good shot here. Uh, but, you know, let's look at Indianapolis and, and Denver. You have 
you know, luck. You know, obviously the Colts dismantled a Bengals team last week that was without A.J. Green and, and Gresham that really hampered Andy Dalton in that offense. I mean, you can only do so much when you have uh, a decent running back, but the receivers couldn't do much uh, to help out Dalton, and Dalton just had a terrible game, uh, and the Colts took advantage, and, and, you know, Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator for the Colts, drew up a good game plan, and, and they dominated, and there really wasn't a doubt. And really, I mean, like I said, the, the only <laughs> the only decent game that they had last week in the wild card weekend, I would say, uh, was the, uh, you know, was Dallas and Detroit. But do you think Andrew Luck, you know, it's his third year, same year as Russell Wilson, both came into the same draft. Is this his time? Do you think that they can go into Denver and beat the Broncos? Well, first of all, I think they can. Uh, and, and I know that it, it might be pushing the panic button. Peyton Manning hasn't been Pey- – Peyton Manning has been great, but he hasn't been Peyton Manning-esque for the last four or five weeks. So everybody's thinking, oh, my goodness. Yet, if any other team had those numbers from their quarterback, they'd be doing cartwheels. So, you know, the the rumors of his demise might be a little premature. I still would, if I were making a bet, I would bet Denver. But I could see an upset here as well. Um, but, but, you know, here's the thing with the Colts. You know, a little bit banged up at receivers themselves. Um, I think that's going to give the edge to uh, Denver, especially since T.J. Anderson has become a, a big focal point of that offense the last few weeks. And, and I think they'll win this game by a field goal, but it's going to be a close one. I think we're going to see three really good games and then the Seattle game. But I will say this in, in retrospect to the Colts winning and beating Cincinnati. I don't dislike Marvin Lewis. I think he's a little loose with his players, but I don't dis, I don't discredit him. I don't dislike him. I, I, I don't have any issues with him. My problem is, though, he hasn't been able to win in the playoffs. I think he's hitched his cart to uh, – uh, Andy Dalton, who's serviceable, but he's not elite, and unless and unfortunately, Lewis may end up losing his job before Dalton does. Yeah, yeah, and so, oh yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, I had to step out for a second. What was the last thing you said, brother? Well, I was saying that you know Marvin Lewis he could be on the hot seat because his teams don't win playoff games, and more of that blame I think has to go to Andy Dalton. I don't think Andy Dalton's a stud. He's a serviceable quarterback. There's certainly worse than him in the league, but there's way better. And, and I think the problem is um, there's a lot of people now calling for, for uh, Marvin Lewis's head because they can't win a playoff game. And, and and it's not really all his fault. I mean, he's done a great job turning that franchise around and making them perennial playoff contenders, but they can't win a playoff game. Yeah, it didn't help that they had Vontez Perfect out either, which you know was at the heart of their defense. Granted, they they changed, they turned it around after he was injured, but for a bit. But yeah, it's I mean you know, and the big thing you see with I mean it's the era of the, the franchise quarterback, and I mean I think Andy Dalton got the got a lot of crap thrown at him just because of the fact that you know he didn't do much. I mean, granted, quarterbacks can change the game. You've seen what Rodgers can do with lesser talent, Favre, uh, among other players. And currently in this league, so uh, you know it's just 
really it's just a matter of uh, you know you know Dalton. I mean, he's not at that elite level. But I mean, when you don't have AJ Green, who he's thrown, I forgot the percentage that he's thrown at AJ Green this year. I mean, with with Green being out with the the proto, you know, with the concussion, not passing protocol, that severely hampered him. But we'll see what oh, they no, do. It did, it did, Jake. But here's the thing: even with okay, Green Green was out. I, I get that. He completed two passes to his wide receivers, though. Now, I understand that without A.J. Green, you're not going to be as effective. But you have to complete more than two passes to wide receivers, despite who's playing the game. So uh, that's where that's where I'm going to put a little bit on Dalton. Yeah, I understand that you lost your best receiver. But you, it'd be like if Jordy Nelson were out. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers would still find a way to get Adams and, and Boykins the ball more than twice. And that's where uh, that's where I'm laying some of that on on EJ Creek. Yeah. So yeah. It, but uh, we'll definitely. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Other than I mean, uh, that and then overall, your let's, let's give our quick, quick predictions for the game the games. Then let's let's start off. Was it? Uh, yeah. Start off Saturday. Baltimore, New England. Uh, you said New England got a score. Um, I don't know if they have a score. I, I think New England wins. Uh, if I have to give one, 27-24 um, uh, in what should be a uh, a pretty well play. I think, like I said, all the games are going to be pretty tight except maybe one. But I, I'm going to I'm going to take uh, New England by three. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do the upset. I'll do the upset. I think I'll say I'll say 28-24 Baltimore. I think a late touchdown by Flacco. Who I know Harbaugh said it was his best. Um, it was his best, you know, or what you might call it. Um, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL, whatnot. I think Flacco. Um, I think he pulls it off somehow, and the, and the Ravens defense holds on late. I'll, I'll say Baltimore twenty-eight twenty-four on that. Uh, then Carolina Seattle or Carolina Seattle. Uh, big. I mean, I'll say I'll say thirty-one sixteen. Uh, or no, you know, I'll say thirty-one thirteen. I think the the Seahawks win there. Uh, they thought, and then you see Indy Denver. Uh, I'll say you know I'll, I'll that's a hard one. I'll say twenty eight twenty seven Denver, but they barely squeak by. What about you on those two? Well, um, I guess he must think Flacco's the best quarterback because they're certainly paying him like a top two quarterback. But um, I, I, I'm right with you. Believe it or not, score wise, I was thinking like uh, for Carolina thirty four to twelve. Uh, Seattle wins that game going away. And uh, I like Denver uh, 31-28. Excellent. Now we get to the big game. Up ahead you have Packers, Dallas, 12 you know, twelve o'clock kick. I'm going to say, you know, I'll say 34-28 uh, Packers. You know, it's right around that 62-64 point range you said – uh, earlier in the podcast, um, what are you thinking right now? What do you think? I mean, that comes down to is it going to be close late? Like it was San Francisco Green Bay last year, or do you think it's you know Packers get a big lead, Dallas tries slowly trudgingly back? Uh, your final score? Well, I think the score is going to be thirty-one twenty-seven. I believe the Packers win. If Rodgers is in a hundred percent, they lose by that same score, thirty-one twenty-seven. Thirty-one twenty-seven. Excellent, excellent. So, 
Uh, you know, we got that uh, about halfway through the podcast, a little bit past halfway through, and uh, you know, um, we didn't get a chance to uh, talk before, you know, after the game, uh, the Outback Bowl with the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, and them coming up. I mean, huge victory, 34-31 in overtime in the 2015 Outback Bowl. And Sky, did you get a chance to watch some of that game? And uh, your thoughts, obviously, Barry coming back. Uh, you saw the team just care, you know, just jump on on the shoulders of Melvin Gordon, 251 yards, huge game for him, and really a good victory to send out these seniors that have been through a lot of coaching changes, uh, and also for Melvin Gordon, who should be somewhere, you know, mid, you know, the first two rounds, the you know, day one, day two, pick in the NFL draft to end his career as, uh, you know, one of the, the most dynamic Wisconsin running back there's been. Yeah, if he stuck around, he'd break every record. I will tell you this. Um, I did see the whole second half, and I listened to the first half. We were in transit. Um, it was a big one for the seniors and uh, a great moment for them and, and, and good for them because they hadn't won a bowl game, and they'd had some tough losses and close losses. Uh, good for Melvin Gordon to go out the way he did. The one thing that did cement them, the, 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 the negative that, the naysayer, and I'm not a half-empty guy. I just, I'm going to point out both things. Great for the seniors, good win for the school. Joel Stav is not the answer, man. Um, going forward, Paul Chris, you know, has you know some quarterback recruits coming in, but Joel Stav is not the guy who's going to lead them to uh, even a Big Ten championship with Ohio State being actually there at that position. It was rough. Obviously. First three quarters, you're dealing with the fact that three interceptions, two of them were definitely his fault. The one to Erickson, he has to catch that over the middle. But you know, but the last drive, he was three of four in that fourth quarter. Made the passes at key fourth and five was huge. That the pass to Arniston, but I, I understand. I mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't help that the fact that he has only has one true receiving target as a wide receiver in Erickson. You have Arneson and Fumagalli, but they haven't really used the tight ends a lot, which, I mean, you're going to see a lot. I, I think with Paul Chris coming in now, and obviously you've seen what he's done with Scott Tolzien uh, back in 2009-2010, Russell Wilson's just a special talent overall. You're never, I don't think, you're, despite having some really good talent, some depth at quarterback with DJ Gillins and Austin Confentis, I still don't think you're going to find another Russell Wilson, uh, but they'll come close in terms of that in terms of the, the, the mobility and being pocket passers. But I, I think Stavi he could turn out to be decent next year underneath underneath you know, Chris Tutelage. Is but you said it on the head, is it is he gonna win a Big Ten championship for a team? I wouldn't necessarily say so. I agree I mean, you know, I agree. But I do have to say, uh, you know, I really I don't know, I feel they can definitely I think I think with, under Chris Stavi is definitely going to improve. But I also think a guy like Bart Houston was cast aside, net, you know, as he was this past season for having a bad spring. Doesn't necessarily that dual threat quarterback that Anderson and Ludwig wanted. I think both those guys are going to have that chance to really improve, but uh, they'll need to personally because the running game is not going to be where it is. I mean, the next year has a lot of question marks on the offensive line. Who's going to take over where? Uh, and, you know, Clement's going to be a good back. There will obviously be a drop-off because there's not really a clear number two back right now. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, they'll need a quarterback to, I mean, they'll need Stavi to step up huge. And like you said, the biggest question though, you know, Scotty, can they, and uh, we'll see. Uh, and, you know, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a good thing like, going back to the seniors, good seeing Marcus Trotter, Derek Landish going out on top and, and, you know, got a chance to cover those guys, real good guys overall. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it, it was a good win for them, a good win for the program. But let me ask you, I mean, besides, you know, you talked about Stave, what other, is there any other areas that you're concerned about? Are you more worried about any type of coaching changes? Are you worried about any type of, you know, what what are you worried about this team most going well, forward? In the short term, sure. There's going to be some different uh different offense, uh, but you pointed a couple of things that I think you'll see the Badgers go back to uh, over the next couple of years where they will use a tight end more because that's, that's always been a staple of Paul Chris's offenses in the past. Um, um, so I think you'll, you'll see some of that in the short term, a little bit of an adjustment period. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, the Badgers have done a good job uh, even after Bielema left you know, keeping the, the 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 train moving, so to speak. They didn't have a huge drop off. In fact, a couple of heartbreaking losses in Anderson's first year. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not worried. A quarterback's the thing, though. I mean, other than Russell Wilson, and, and I don't want to rehash it and get into a whole debate about who we think were, who you thought might be good, who I thought might have been marginal. But other than Russell Wilson, they haven't had an elite quarterback in this program, and. I think you've seen that that might be something they were going to need because Urban Meyer found a way to get three of them on his roster. Absolutely. I mean, well, you've seen how the game has changed where it's a mobile quarterback now. Where, or not mobile quarterbacks, but just quarterbacks in general have taken over the league. And not just the pro game, but the college game. And you mentioned Ohio State, but, you know, you look at this, the past Heisman Trophy winners, you know, Winston, you know Mariota, Winston, Manziel. These players are dynamic at that position, and obviously that's what Anderson was trying to do when you saw uh, Austin. Kefen- you know, you see, you know, uh, DJ Gillens first and foremost, Austin Kefensis. Uh, You know, those guys they tried to recruit over the past two years. They want to mold a, a player that can not only hurt you through the air uh, passing, but also on the ground when that when coverage is good. And there's no breakdowns there. So, uh, but yeah, no, I do, I do understand. So we'll see if Chris can do that. Uh, there have been some reports as well. Uh, you've seen them uh, with Paul Chris. Andy Baggett report, reported earlier today that uh, looks like Joe Rudolph, the former Badgers offensive lineman during the Rose Bowl years, came back, was the tight ends coach uh, for the latter part of the uh, late 2000s. Uh, but then also became Chris' offensive coordinator from 2011 to 2013, the pa- or 2014, actually, the past uh, three seasons. He is now going to be the offensive coordinator, it looks like. And per reports from him, it looks like they're going to try to bring back John Settle, the running back that, that tutored, that that really helped mold John Clay, P.J. Hill, um, Monte Ball, James White, um, you know, he will be – it looks like they're trying to get him back in to be the running backs coach. 
uh, and whatnot. And so there's still a lot, a lot of pieces, moving pieces. It looks like they're going to keep Dave Aranda from all indications have been. Uh, but there's a lot of moving parts. But you're seeing some of the former Badgers coming back with Rudolph uh, Russ Kalaji, Ross Kalaji, the former uh, Badgers lineman, actually is going to be the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, from what from uh, was a report from Greg Matzik from uh, 620 WTMJ late last night, uh, and a uh, fellow Polish American, and so it'll be good to see him back. But obviously, he was a key part of some Badger teams uh, for Barry Alvarez. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens though. Uh, one thing though, I will say, uh, we'll see what happens with at the running back coach position because Thomas Brown, who was just in his first year, was doing recruiting wonders. A lot of people have mentioned that on Twitter. That's what a lot of the, the, the a lot of people have been up in arms, Scotty, about having John Settle come back possibly as or there are reports that he they're, they're trying to get him back, uh, who wasn't known as a recruiter. He he, he coached well uh, the running back position, but he wasn't necessarily known as a great recruiter. But, you know, Thomas Brown, you know, you saw what happened with Melvin Gordon. Granted, he inherited Gordon, uh, but you saw some of the recruiting trail things he was doing down in Georgia, getting some big-name running backs. Um, you know, helping them commit with Jordan Stevenson, who's a four-star kid out of Texas, who they flipped from Texas, uh, from UT. Uh, so we'll we'll see. And, you know, I guess maybe my message, Scotty, to people too is just hold your horses on all the overreactions until until the, the final t you know final coaching staff is announced. Because I mean, these are all reports, you know, and you have uh, one report from Matt Six saying one defensive lineman coach is coming back, but then another one said, oh, there's, you know, they're bringing over the Pitts defensive coordinator who's going to be, take a step down to be a defensive line coach. So, I don't know, I guess my thing for people is just, hey, just wait until the dust settles, and then you can make your comments, but it's just, you know, people are very much hyper-polar right now in terms of, you know, and obviously, you know, we all like Coach Brown with what he's done with the running backs in his first year along with doing some recruiting, but uh, we have to see where the where the pieces fall and where where they lay uh, before I think people have to really start critiquing this coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I personally don't care that much about it right now. Anyway, about the coaching. So, I mean, I know they'll make good hires. That some will have ties to the program, some will have ties to Paul Chris. But um, <clears throat> I know again, like you said, we'll wait to see how how it all shakes down. You know what I did notice though, and I, I kind of made some notes. Uh, about the bowl season in general, and and essentially it comes down to three observations. The Pac-12 won the bowl season. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, they they want they, they had you know six seven and two right now in bowl games. Um, but the other thing that I think is interesting is how the big bad SEC not only went uh seven and five but have you know, which isn't terrible but for the SEC we thought they were gonna go ten and two and yada yada yada. But uh actually lost some head to head battles to the lowly Big Ten who was left for dead by many of the media people and and they couldn't compete and match up with the SEC and who would even want to watch the bowl games like Auburn and Wisconsin and and Ohio State and Alabama and you know, because there's just no chance, and why would we waste our time? Well, I guess uh, that was a little premature as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Pac-12 did a – I mean, looking back at bowl season, in, you know, the bowl season, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously Oregon, Ohio State coming 
the national championship. I mean, I'm predicting Oregon uh, just because of that Mariota and that offense, and I don't think Ohio State can stop it. But you have to, you yeah, know, I, but, I'm with you on that too. That, by the way, that got out of hand quick, didn't it? That, hilariously out of hand. Uh, so no, yeah, it was pretty funny just to see how crazy just that score has kept going up and up and up. And I wasn't able to watch that part of the game, but you, I got caught the last part of the game. And it was just insane, just insane uh, to see just that Oregon offense. I mean, it's all about pace and tempo and how you defend like a triple option look. But And Mariota is just that special type of player. He's a Heisman Trophy player for a reason. He's only had three interceptions the entire year, uh, including one during that game. And, you know, I predict the same thing. Uh, you know, I th- you know, and Ohio State will give him a run. It's an Urban Meyer coach team, and he's been in the national championship picture, you know, uh, and he's had that experience of winning too. Uh, whether or not he can translate that right now to this team, uh, we'll see. Um, but, you know, and, and not to be a a homer and kind of going back to the, the in, in, you know, uh, kind of a homer in terms of the Big Ten, but you got to give the Big Ten a little bit of props too just based on the fact that they were in every single game, bowl game, Scotty, they were underdogs. Uh, yep. And you saw some big comeback. You saw Michigan State. I mean, that was a funny. You saw Wisconsin come back, beat Auburn. Uh, so oh, yeah. Nobody, shake, it, nobody embarrassed themselves except Illinois, who, uh, I mean, Nebraska had had several chances to beat USC. You know, uh, yeah, they, they certainly uh, showed well throughout the whole bowl season except Illinois, who, like I said, didn't deserve to be there. I don't care if they were bowl eligible or not. Um, but yeah, no, I thought they did well. Uh, the other thing too is, um, even though I'm with you, I think Oregon wins the game. It certainly wouldn't shock me to see Ohio State win it. And last but not least, um, the question I have for you, uh, mm-hmm. looking ahead before we transition into Badger basketball and call it a show here, who who has the better NFL career, Winston or Mariota? Oh, Mariota, I think. Uh, I just, uh, I you know it's. You deal with Mariota. I mean, he, both are Heisman Trophy winners. It's great, but I just I don't like Winston's decision making. Just the amount of interceptions he had this past year. I think he had what twenty five touchdown passes. I think it was eighteen interceptions. Uh, and, and you saw Mariota and his his type of uh, his numbers were just insane. Uh, I, I think Mariota is the better passer. I think Winston may have more of the talent or the intangibles in terms of just a better maybe an arm. Uh, and just some athletic ability. But, I mean, Mariota, you can't uh, – I mean, I'll say I think maybe they're even pushed in terms of the athletic ability. But uh, I, I just – you see some of the stuff with Winston and, and the – you know, not just saying the off-the-field troubles, but just his decision-making on the field and the fact that how many times has did they have to come back at the end of the games. And granted, they were undefeated until they faced Oregon. But I just – some of the decisions he made on the field in terms of the interceptions – uh, I mean, unless he gets he, as they say in the you know the movie knocked up, tighten it up. Uh, if he doesn't tighten it up, I think you know it, he's you know I don't think he'll be as effective. I think he'll be a special player, but I think Mariota is just with his ability uh, and his focus. And I mean, if he goes to Tampa Bay, you have two you have two receivers already in Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans that are ready. <laughs> uh, and you know you have a running. They still need it. I mean, Doug Martin's not the running back that he used to be. But, it, you know, that offense could definitely take off. And you have uh, Tedford, the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, used to work at Cal. I think 
I think really, and, you know, uh, Tedford took, you know, was Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach uh, and head coach, Elra Cal, along with a bunch like Kyle Bowler, a bunch of other quarterbacks that got to the next level. I think Mariota could be really special, uh, depending on what they do with them. Well, I, you know, I, I know I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think that, but, but then Tampa Bay is going to be in that weird, inevitable position. Do they draft the guy who, um, do they draft the guy who's the local guy, the hometown guy, uh, the home state guy anyway? Uh, or, you know, I, I mean, cause there's going to be a lot of, uh, fans and a lot of people pressuring that front office to go with Winston. I mean, you know, it's again. You know, it's an it's a bad position to be in for this reason alone. You're in that position because you sunk terribly this year. So nobody, real, everybody always says, "Well, I don't know what you know. It's a good position to be." No, it's not because it means your franchise is is awful, and and you have to rely on somebody to come in and be the savior. And we've seen in recent years, all throughout the NFL, that the so-called saviors haven't been able to live up to that. So. I think you're right. Mariota's a better play, but it, there's also conceivable that both of them could be bust, or not even bust. Both of them could be marginal, but certainly not the franchise quarterbacks that people are looking for in the top three, four, five picks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's. Um, I I I don't you know I uh, don't disagree at all on that. I think this team. Uh, the way you know, yeah, I mean, not just teams. The way the teams are set up, uh, you know, it's all very much quarterback heavy. And it's not like you have someone like uh, like Rogers that had time to sit. These quarterbacks don't have time to take tutelage underneath them like that. And so we'll see how they uh, they all pan out. Uh, but I mean, you saw Russell Wilson kind of do it though. I mean, in second season winning the Super Bowl. But granted, he had a, a big defense. Uh, you know that. Uh, yeah, just a really you know defense heavy team that that helped. Uh, gather that Super Bowl last year, but then you also have, you're looking at, you know, like maybe a more situa- comparable situation to Andrew Luck, where, uh, you know, they, they can get to the playoffs, but can they get over the hump? Well, you need to have something, you know, the Colts haven't been able to to get to that uh, contendership for that for a Super Bowl title. They've had been able to compete for a division title. They've been able to get to the second round of the playoffs. Can they get to that over that next level? Uh, that may be in the same thing that the, that those players uh, that Mariota and Winston could be in uh, if they're not put in the right spots and if they don't develop right. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I just look at some of the things that have happened just in Jacksonville alone. You know, Blaine Gabbert was going to be the guy. Oh, what? no, now Blaine Gabbert isn't going to be the guy. Oh, no, now we got Blake Bortles, and now there's people wondering about Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel. Will he ever uh, do it? I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, it, those are all things we'll have plenty of time to talk about in the off season. Um, I suppose we should shift some gears here and just talk a little bit for the last just couple of minutes here about Badger basketball. I know they did beat Purdue, and quietly, as we talked about last time we did a show, quietly just going about their business. People, you know, ever since they lost to Duke, people are kind of ignoring them, and they just kind of just keep winning, you know, steadily sitting at the number four spot, and um, he's still the favorite to win the Big Ten. And, and a favorite to be a number one seed in the in the NCAA tournament, provided think the wheels don't fall off. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they'll be tested. It's a good league, not as strong as it was last year, but still a good league. And and they're going to have some tests. You know, Maryland's a team that's playing really well, and Michigan State, Michigan State, they're always tough. But um, I still think, as many people do, this is a team that's going to win this uh, win this conference. Oh, absolutely. I think after you see some of the you know first couple of weeks, 
a Big Ten play. I think Wisconsin's the clear front runner, and Purdue put a little good fight tonight. I mean, a 62-55 victory by the Badgers, uh, and you know Purdue now 10 and 6 on the year. But you know they had they lost to Gardner Webb a couple of weeks ago, but they put together uh, you know a solid streak. You know, and they've, and they've played better of late. Uh, and you know you see a guy like Frank Kaminsky, 21 points, granted only four rebounds. Had to go up against a huge seven, like seven-two freshman named Isaac Haas, who I don't, know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game, Scotty, but you look like Ivan Drago from Rocky, uh, from Rocky Four. Like I'm sorry, I must break you. Uh, he looked exactly like that, and uh, they had some success down low. I mean, it was only a one-point lead for the Badgers at halftime, and then, uh, but yeah, like you said, they're, they're quietly putting it together. They had a great game against Penn State. Looking back, uh, you know, uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, and uh, they had a great game against Northwestern as well uh, on Sunday. And so so they're slowly putting together. They got Rutgers in four days, and then they got Nebraska uh, four days after that. Um, You know, um, Rutgers, they're going to Piscataway on the 11th, and then uh, Nebraska, they'll be at home on the 15th. And, I mean, this team, I think, should have the ability to keep trudging along and keep getting those wins uh, and – it's been really, uh, I mean, it's been really impressive to see uh, just the, you know, the way that Bo Ryan's team, this team can be special. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, they have to shore up, you know, shore up uh, against a team like Duke that was very impressive shooting the ball. But I don't know. I, I, they definitely have a good shot, and they have a good shot as I need to be reach the Final Four again for the second straight year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think, and, and still with the Duke game, I think it was a man. Duke was hot, and and. I think if if you play that game ten times, I think both the teams split. The split. I mean, they 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 were just a hotter team that on that day. So uh, I don't know. I, well, again, I I still think they're a team that's going to have a chance to repeat as a Final Four contender um, if all goes well. Um, other than that, I know we still have we're still close to the top of the hour, but I know that you have uh, we have a, a, a some baby things to take care of and. I have. I don't know if I told you. I told you this, I think, off the air. I'm a little under the weather. So I've been doing this with a very, very irritated sore throat. But I'm a trooper. Oh. See, I'm a, I'm a gamer. I did want to uh, finish with one thing, if I may. Um, sure. As you know, Sunday, uh, everybody knows Stuart Scott passed away. And uh, it's important for a couple reasons. Because um, a lot of people would say on the surface, well, he was just a, a sports anchor uh, or reporter or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but in the world we live in, I mean, we are some, we're media guys. I mean, I was in the media for a while. You're a guy who's doing a lot of media things. So it's a story to us for that reason. Uh, one, two, I'll admit not, was never a big fan early on of Stuart Scott's style. Uh, maybe because it was just different. Uh, maybe it was unique. It was changed. You know, people don't always embrace change. But as Stuart Scott's career went on and he started hosting more shows and, and I started to see the value in, in what he did and, and his knowledge and his passion. And that's before the, the whole cancer battle, as you know, which is a personal thing for me, uh, uh, the fight against cancer. Um, <clears throat> Stuart Scott will be one of those guys who, when you talk about, um, you know, let's face it, for as much as we criticize ESPN, and rightfully so, because they have idiots like Skip Bayless and, and and they've kind of gone away from the journalism part of it. As much as we we could bash them for that, Sports Center and the things they've done, they be, they they're lexicon. And 
uh, I think when it's all said and done and you talk about who the the greatest sports center anchors will be, you know, Dan Patrick will be on that list. Sadly, Chris Berman will be. I think he's a joke. But uh, uh, you got to put Stuart Scott on that list. And uh, I, I think he was able to, to uh, fight the fight and continue to be him, not change, not waver, uh, to the point where he gained the acceptance from, from naysayers like myself. And then the way he courageously fought cancer and lived his life, uh, rest in peace to Stuart Scott. And he'll definitely, his contributions will definitely be remembered and sorely missed. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Stuart Scott, you know, you know going back to what you said, as I'm picking up my, one of my twins, you know, I, I, I do agree. Like, he changed the game. I watched him as a, you know, as a kid, if you will, you know, as a teenager and cooler than the other side of the pillow. Like I said, changing up the lexicon, man. Uh, they He did that, you know, and he had that style, and, and Dan Patrick noted it. And others, mm-hmm. and it's just, you got to give him... You know, got to give them a lot of credit, uh, you know, for him changing the game. And, you know, God bless him and the, uh, you know, uh, well, definitely, you know, people will remember him. You know, I, now I think they'll remember him more for his fight and for what he did. I mean, he's the guy that, you know, practiced, went into martial arts after, you know, a chemo th- session. You know, and he worked to learn martial arts af- after that, you know, after being diagnosed and uh, something that, You'll always remember, and I'll remember, you know, his SB speech. And so, yeah. uh, you know, so beside, you know, but yeah, sports casting wise, uh, you'll always remember his. He'll always remember, just how he just the the the, the you know, he I mean he you know like LeBron James said in his like in his Instagram, he brought a swag to to Sports Center that uh, it changed the game. It changed the game for for sports journalism and in Sports Center and, and you know uh, yeah it's it's a heavy loss for the community and you know uh, hopefully you know others you know can can have that distinct personality and you've seen that. Uh, not just how Stuart Scott, but you see how Kenny Mayne having that kind of the dry sarcasm, uh, farce parody type of attitude. You've seen more personalities. Uh, <clears throat> at, I mean, still maintain that journalistic attitude, but you know, that maintain the journalistic integrity, but also add that personality that you know that made Stuart Scott so beloved. So he was a trendsetter, uh, and and you know he will be sorely missed. Well, and, and I'll go one further because. Um, I didn't know him. I never met him. Uh, but, but I can tell you this. He, he had to be a special guy. And, and, and I kind of compare it to Owen Hart. When uh, Owen Hart passed away and you saw the next night the, the outpouring of love from, from his peers. The fact that there was that kind of outpouring of love from everybody who's been in contact with, with Stuart Scott tells me that he was definitely a special guy. And uh, that in and of itself... Uh, you know, make them a make them a winner in, in my book. So, uh, I think that's a good way to end, as opposed to going into dupe of the week, because I don't want to spoil that. Uh, I don't want to spoil that moment with with uh, the goofballs in our sports. So, <laughs> well said, my friend. Well said. Um, and on that note, uh, you guys just have a great week. Uh, we'll return back soon. We'll, we'll plan a more scheduled time. Uh, once we, you know, I continue to gather my bearings here at the household. Right now, I'm holding. Oh gosh, who am I holding? It's it's hard with identical twins because we honestly yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you this: we both have had a lot of 
uh, turmoil and chaos, but things are starting to settle down, uh, at least in my world and, and hopefully in yours as well. So, yeah, we will get back to a more set schedule uh, uh, real soon. But uh, uh, we will be, we will meet sometime next week to recap a pa- the Packer game and, and hopefully preview a Packer NFC uh, championship game. And maybe we'll throw some bucks in there. Maybe the Brewers will do something. Uh, is Doug Melvin okay? Somebody should check on him. Make sure that you know, he's not locked in his office or, you know, he hasn't lost his cell phone. Or I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. So, you know, maybe we'll send somebody over to the Brewers' offices uh, see if we can uh, uh, raise them up a little bit and see what's going on. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. You guys just have a, a great week. We're going to send you off. Uh, once again, you guys, just check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter at B5Q on Twitter. Follow us at Kilbasa Kings WI. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll return with another great show next week. And uh, Doza Bachenia. Accordion solo, American Polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Record. <laughs> Thank you.